0: Well, good morning to everyone once again. If you're here, say amen. amen. If you're not here, oh me. Whatever that means, I just heard a preacher do that once. It was about as flat as that was, so. <laughs> <laughs> I I was going to try to encourage you. We're not starting off too well, are we? <laughs> I'd like to read a couple of verses before I actually get started. Um, how about Psalm 118.8? Psalm 118.8. Psalm 118.8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Y'all want to read? Could we do that? I, we hadn't done that in a while. Do y'all think we could do that and, and actually do it together? So uh, let's just start off. We're not going to just do, you know, a few words. Let's just read it together and see how we do. This is Psalm one 8. Let's start. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass, Psalm 37, 5. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God and the power of it. Thank you that it's not like any other book we'll ever hold in our hand or ever read or meditate on or think about. We pray today that this word would do a powerful work in our hearts. We didn't come here for entertainment. We didn't come here because it's the thing to do on Sunday. We came here to hear from you. And we ask you, Father, to feed us. We're your sheep. We need to be fed the word of God. We trust you now to accomplish your will. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, before I actually get into the real message, but this is all part of the encouragement part, I want to acknowledge some things that happened this week. Number one, we had a couple's fellowship. We had a couple's fellowship on Thursday night, and uh, we said it was kind of going to be more toward the younger couples that have younger children and all, and then someone called me out and said, but are you going? And I said, yes, I'm going. Well, you're not young. And uh, But it's okay, it's okay, I can handle that sort of thing. I love to pick, as long as it's not disrespectful, I, I, I love to pick. But I wanted today, and I know I'm going to get myself in some hot water, okay? I, I mean, this is just part of it, you know, you make a decision, you do it. But if you had a part in the setup, the cleanup, the devotion, Serving, watching kids, I'd like for you to stand, please. I know that you're not going to want to do that, but please stand. And not everyone is here that had even a larger part. But let's give them a big round of applause because I want to share with you some things that we heard there are people that were watching children there were people that were serving and setting out the food and decorating and cleaning and cleaning afterwards and i want to share with you a couple of comments that i I had spoken to me and then some that came through my wife someone said thank you so much we needed this And then this one, this one just blew me out of the water. I mean, this is so contrary to the way so many people think. But my wife, on the way home, she felt like it was important to try to make contact with several, not everyone, but several of the ones that were involved and just thank them for the great night. And... Um, One person said this through a text to my wife. I want you to hear this, because this is, is, to me, like I said, it just blew me away. Please tell the pastor, thank you for allowing me to serve. Is that, I mean, do you hear the heart of that? Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to serve. I mean, folks, that to me, I could have the invitation right now. That's a message. That is a message. The heart of servants, those that want to serve, and then. Some, one person said something like this. And again, this is not exact, but it's, it's close. One person said something. I appreciate this so much. Let me know how much I'd have to pay, and I'd pay to come to another one. Here's how it all came about. In the elders' meeting and a couple of us talking. The seed was planted in our heart. We discussed the young couples, future of the church. Let's try to do something. Mel was just in the office as we were walking by. We said, here's an idea. You just give her the idea and it starts happening. She just starts recruiting and getting people and, and it just unfolds and and uh, it it was honestly really good. I was excited. I was excited about it. Still excited, as you can tell. I just want to say thank you to all that made it happen and those that came, because it was such a wonderful blessing. Now then, kind of zeroing in on the direction of the message today, I, I do feel sorry for... Christians that get saved and they're in a church where they're really not getting the benefit of truthful preaching. I'm not talking about just heresy. I'm just, I'm just, I'm talking about not telling the whole story, not giving the whole picture, not giving the good and the bad and the difficulties, leaving some of that out. Becoming a Christian, getting saved, being born again does not mean that your life will automatically become problem-free, stress-free, and pressure-free. Walking by faith, living by faith, and trusting in the faithful one does not remove our struggles. Now, a little personal something, Uh, the last time I preached, it seems like a pretty long time, you had Will and uh, Brother Baker and Pastor Joe last week, but the last time I preached, I was coming off, I was just finishing up two weeks of a very strong antibiotic for an issue that I was having in in my body, and I'd been down four days, and I don't go down easy. But I was down, and it was real still cold. Linda was out feeding and taking care of our animals. And if you can imagine seeing her crawling up in the back of a pickup truck and dragging a 50-pound sack of feed, uh, I mean, honestly, she just doesn't, I, I, right, wrong, or indifferent, she doesn't even pump our gas. I mean, I pumped the gas. It's just very was very difficult for me to see that. But I was sick. And this medicine was strong twice a day. I, honestly, I've had this thought so many times. I think you could be perfectly healthy and take the strong antibiotic and get, feel sick. So I felt bad. I got here at church that day, and I walked in. I was so lightheaded. And I sat down over there in that chair, and I honestly said to myself, I don't, I don't think I can do this. I, just, I don't think I can get up and preach. Things are fuzzy. I just, it's just not, I'm not doing well. But you know, so many messages and so many things of your past and teaching and other pastors had so much, you know, don't always take the easy route. So I preached and I've heard Aaron say this. It's kind of like you just kind of lose you just lose yourself when you're preaching and you don't really know, you know, where in the world, how did that happen? But I got through and I felt so weak. I I was over there and one of the members came up and made a comment. And by the way, and not to brag, certainly I hope you know my heart, I'm not saying, but I did have more comments on that particular message than I've had in a long, long time. You know, one of years. Pretty good. But um, this person said, I said, I'm just, I'm just, I'm washed out. He said, Brother, when you're weak, then you're really strong. When you're weak, really strong. Dr. Blackaby, then, this statement goes right along with that. Dr. Blackaby wrote, and I just, I just love to read his devotion thoughts, devotional thoughts. I want you all to listen to this. It's really, really powerful. Human strength is a strong deterrent to trusting Christ. Y'all get that? Human strength is a strong deterrent to trusting Christ. Then he goes on. When we rely on our own strength, resources, and knowledge, we assume we can handle situations without the help from God. We tend to divide problems into two categories. Problems that we know require God's help and problems that we think we can handle ourselves. So that leads me to ask you this question. When you start your week, when you start your day, are we praying and asking God for wisdom and direction over every detail, every decision, everything that we do that week? Or do we think, you know, I only really cry out to him when I have a crisis or when I have a major need. I mean, it ought to be that we ought to be crying out to God all the time. We need him. I love, this is something my wife is, you know, you've heard me say this before, but one of her prayers, we've been married 51 and a half years or so, and she prays, Lord, keep me needy. Keep me needy. Keep me to that place where I know I need you. God knows us better than we know ourselves. I was talking with someone just the other day. And we were having this discussion and and they were saying, You know, God oftentimes leads us to experience the very bottom that we end up in life in a series of events at the very bottom, low, the end, where we feel totally helpless. And some of you, listen, don't be too prideful and say, well, that's never happened to me man, oh, that's never going to happen to me. Listen, I love what your dad said, Aaron. Have you ever been to that place where you felt abandoned? You see, God in his sovereignty, folks, God in his sovereignty knows what we need to get us to that place of total dependency and trust in him. He knows us better And so he allows circumstances, he allows our our life to get to the very bottom, to the end, to helplessness, to weakness, so that we have no other place to turn but to him. And, And if that's what I'm saying, I don't think all the churches are sharing a message like that because they're trying to tell you, look, it's all good. Well, it is all good. But but what we say is good, and God is working all things together for good to bring us to that place where we have no place to go but to Him. He wants to receive all the credit and all the glory, and He is a jealous God, and He doesn't want us to get any of it. So we've, it's important that we understand the ways of God. Understand the truths from God's word. What does that mean? We read some verses. What do those mean? It's better to put our trust in God than in man. So Romans 8, 28, God is working all things together for our good. As, and, I, and I've really thought through and prayed through, and I want y'all to really, I'm trying to communicate that as God is working all things together for our good, He is wanting to get us to a place. And just think about your circumstances, think about trials, think about issues in life. Whatever it is, where, however He's leading you, And it's a variety. It's different for everybody. But the goal is the same. He's wanting to get us to a place, as he is working, a place of total confidence in his faithfulness, not in my abilities. He's wanting to get us to the end of ourselves, to the place where we can recognize the faithfulness of God. And folks, I'm just going to have to tell you, as, as the church, you know, you can, we can sit back and wring our hands and say, oh, what's happening? It's all bad. And all these different things. I am confident. I know what God is up to. And God is allowing us as a church To get to the place that we can have total confidence in his faithfulness. Because it's not our first rodeo. This is not our first rodeo. God is in in the process of bringing us to the place. And it's through our struggles. It's through our trials. And it's through our disappointments. That we can get to the place that we begin to see. The faithfulness of God. And, and it, it's one thing. I'm confident of this. It is one thing to have it in our head. It's one thing to hear it and say, yeah, mentally, a mental ascent. It's another thing to live it. It's another thing to walk it. It's another thing to experience it, there are some powerful verses that I'd like to read to you. Deuteronomy seven nine. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. Deuteronomy seven nine. Know therefore that the Lord thy God. He is God, the faithful God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Psalm 89, 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Do you all know what? That's what's happening. That verse is happening right now. With my mouth, we're making known thy faithfulness to all generations. We're communicating the faithfulness of God. 1 Peter 419, wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator, as unto a faithful creator. God is always taking us to a place where we have to trust him. And I think if we were to open up for testimonies, I think there would be many that would say, and this is how God's done it in my life. And this is how God's done it in my life. He's always taking us to a place where we have to trust him. And it's not our knowledge. It's not our own strength. And it's not our strong will that will accomplish or achieve what God is wanting to do. We must be at a place where we depend on Him and count on Him and believe Him and trust Him completely for even the breath. I like what Pastor Joe said. It wasn't probably two Sundays ago, and I think it was during Sunday school. said, we can't do anything without Him, and we need to get to that place that we recognize I can't even take a breath. I can't even have a thought. I can't do anything, I can't, and when we think we can motivate and go through life in our own strength, that's when we're really going the wrong direction. Now, it is difficult to watch, be on the sidelines, when we see our our family, our loved ones, and even our church family. Going through struggles. It's very hard. My wife is a mercy. And I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times a week, you know, she'll get a text and this texting. I mean, I used to just despise it. But I, I see the boy, the prayer, the ladies on that prayer, they are constantly praying. And and so she'll get a text from somebody about the prayer or something to need. And we'll just we'll just stop right there and and we'll just pray. But how many times we see tears just streaming down her face. And I've heard her say this. I just want to fix it. I just want to fix it. I don't want them to have to hurt like that. And it is painful at times to have to stand by and watch our loved ones and the brethren go through trials. But when you understand, when we understand the, the, what God is doing when we understand better the ways of God, understanding that going through struggles and going through trials is getting us that place of total dependency and trust in Him, and we just want to, as humans, we want to take it away. But listen, and I I love your analogies, Dwight, the husband and wife, and parent with children. Please be aware, and we, this is where wisdom, this is where you cry out for wisdom. Please be aware that we, and be careful that we do not get in the way and interfere with something God is trying to work in a person, an individual's life. Does that make, I mean, does that make any sense at all? It, be, it would be like, well, one time I have to tell you this. Oh, I don't think I'll tell you that one. Um, well, I don't know. Um, it actually happened, and I, but I don't want to put a black dot on a white piece of paper, so um, let's just say it this way. It would be like seeing a parent bring discipline to the child and you walking up and grab the parent's wrist. You have to be careful. You have to, you, have to, you have to be careful that we don't interfere with what God... Now, we've always said, let's err on the side of being too generous or being whatever, but let's be careful. Let's be wise and not get in the way and, and, and interfere with something God is trying to do. Now, then, let me just say this, and I, I just I've, I've had this thought about five or six times all week. I don't even know if it really fits here. But it's just, I just had it again, so I'm going to say it, okay? (laughs) When somebody has something bad happen in their life, don't raise your hands because I I would be embarrassed for you. But um, I wonder how many times when somebody has something bad in your life happens that others think there's got to be some secret sin in their life. That's why they're having this problem. Again, and I'm not trying to... But Brother Baker mentioned that very thing about Job. All of his, his friends. There must be some secret sin in your life. Or you wouldn't be having these struggles. No, we need to understand there's discipline and then there's struggle that God is using to get us to our knees, to our place, that he's so good he knows exactly how to pull the rug out from under us to get us to fall on our face before God and then you can just look you could just look Abraham was tested I love I love the Caleb and so many have written about Caleb and how others were when the inheritance of being divided up and he, you know, others were taking the, you know, the good pastures, the great, you know, and he looked up and the enemy, all the enemy, they had fortified on top of the mountain. They had strong cities. They had, they had the army. That's where. and, and that when, when years ago we had the poster said, give me that mountain. Remember and people came up and signed it, that statement, give me that mountain. There's a test. It's a test. And it's a show of confidence. I'm not going to be able to take this mountain, but I know who is able to take this mountain. And it's God's going to overthrow the enemy. But I trust him for it. I trust him that he's got the power to do it. And he knows how to do it. So Abraham was tested. God will provide. God will provide. David... Job and the Apostle Paul in Acts 27, 25, about the shipwreck. Just so many. And you you can read about that. You can read how these great saints of God were tested. It was getting to the place, getting them to the place where they were tested and they understood that God was able to do something. It was God that was going to deliver them. My wife and I were very encouraged after Thursday night again as we had communication with some folks that were there that we know have had struggles. We know I mean we've not walked in their moccasins, but we but we know of their struggles and to hear to hear the testimonies of how God has faithfully provided, God and, and the peace that these couples experience on the other side, I mean, they're not out of it by any means, but on the other side, did you just hear that? Listen, and you know who I'm speaking of right now, and I wouldn't dare name your names, but you'll never know. You'll never know those words of encouragement and you're testifying about what, God has been able to teach you and show you and do through your struggles, through your trials. You'll never know as your pastor and pastor's wife how encouraged. I mean, I went home pumped up over what we had heard out of the mouths of people that we know have had some of the hardest struggles of folks, that we, young couples that we've ever known. In our lives. But to hear you testify. Of God's faithfulness. The faithfulness of God. And how he's taking you. To the other side. It, it was very encouraging. It's so easy. To get discouraged. Isn't it? We're, we're really very human. It's easy to get discouraged. Over. And you hear them probably as much as I do over negative comments. You ever notice that some people, you know, you you've got you're just walking on a cloud, God has really done some great things, and somebody's gonna just, you know, drop some negativity on you. Complaining. The complainers are complaining. There's some that always are negative. They 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 always see the glass half empty and not half full. And that's not just a little trite, little cutesy saying. There are some people that's just the way they just everything. It's all bad. Things are going wrong. You know what's wrong. There's got to be something. I mean. Ne- Don't listen to that stuff. Satan, he's out to do two things. Divide and conquer and bring extreme discouragement to the body of Christ. So I wouldn't let folks bring all the negative comments and and allow Satan to win uh, in the area of causing discouragement. And be careful, be careful in our communication. And my wife, I, I know I've referred to her a lot today. I don't really, I don't mean to do that, but I'm just saying. In our relationship, our communication, My she's a mercy. I've kind of been more profit motivated, kind of, you know, hard charging, hate sin, you know, declare, you know, all this. But. I'll make a statement, and I would only make it her when, make it, but I'd just make it her, and she and so faithfully she'd say, right, I mean, I'm those I'm the pastor, okay? And she says, "Where do you think that thought came from? Leave me alone, please." <laughs> Where did that thought come from? Folks, let's not be a part. Let's not participate in sharing negative things about other believers. And uh, it, the, it is totally unscriptural. It is very close, if not, sowing seeds of discord. It's important that we understand that it is our responsibility, our role, to be encouraging to one another. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider one another to provoke Unto love, unto love. Is what you're saying going to cause love to increase? Or is it going to be used to cause division? And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so, the much more, or much the more, as you see the day approaching encourage one another exhort one another provoke one another to love and good works and to encourage each other that's what i if we could leave here today and say you know i was encouraged i was encouraged i was encouraged and as I face my trials, as I face my struggles, as I face my disappointments, and they all, they all hurt, there's all real pain with these things. We feel it. We have emotions. We cry. In the middle of the night, you wake up and, you, and someone has passed away. And you, you cry. And you, say, and you wake up the next day, and it's happened so many times. You just hope it was a bad dream, but you wake up to reality. It wasn't a bad dream. It really did happen. But in all of this, in all of this, from day one till the day you are face to face with the Lord, you can trust him. You can count on him. He is our loving heavenly father working all things together for our good. And we can count on him all the time. Not just some of the time. All the time. We are encouraged by your responses. God has that God has allowed to come into your lives, and as you've shared your positive responses and how God has worked in your heart, you'll never know because you told us, and now I'm telling the whole church, and then everyone listening on live stream has heard it, that you've said, yes, the struggle's been hard. It's been difficult. We've cried buckets and buckets of tears, but God has always been faithful through it all. Please, we don't have to listen to those who murmur and grumble. Let them do that in their closet. Don't let them pull you down. God is working on our behalf. He's working all things together. And folks, there are some good and exciting things that I'm not even going to be able to share today because I'm waiting. I'm aware of something has happened Spectacular, miraculous has happened. But I'm waiting on the person that was involved in it to be able to be here. And I got a text on the way here said, We're not going to be, we've got sickness in the family, can't be here. But next week, hopefully, you'll be able to hear some more exciting news. Some something that's just it's miraculous what has happened. And we keep hearing about it, we keep hearing things and seeing things. And even Aaron mentioned. The other night, we're standing there talking, and, you know, we're about to wrap things up, and the the cleaning was just about done. He said, Pastor, I really believe revival is breaking out. He said, three months ago, I, I just, he looked at the congregation, he said, but he said, there's a difference in the singing, in the eyes, as we sing. And that's what he shared with me Thursday evening. We have every reason to rejoice. My sister has a saying, and boy, we've just about worn it out. You know, they've been through a lot. I mean, and, and you know, I don't care, and I'll I'll just confess, and I, I know this for a fact, you know, we can all say, Oh, poor are them. But until you've actually been poor them for a while, and you've actually been in those moccasins, I mean I can try as hard as I can try, but I really, I really. I mean, I try to be understanding, but I really... And the things, when I've told people, my dad was in a hospital bed for four years. I was pastoring here. We were, I, we made trip. care was involved. My mother was involved. She ended up in a wheelchair. A lot of the care she did for my dad in a bed was done from a wheelchair. But you think, it's flat of his back in a bed hospital bed for four years? Well, I didn't expect everybody in the church to say, poor pastor, I mean, we feel so bad for y'all. I didn't, because you weren't there when we went, when we had to clean him up. And, and there are other families that are going through things right now with similar situations. And we ought to be as compassionate as we possibly can be toward them. I don't think we can fully grasp or understand what they're really going through. But my sister has a saying, and she's been saying it all the way through this trial. It could be worse. And so I was sharing with someone a while ago. I said, you know, I practiced. I came in, nobody noticed. But I, I practiced walking up without the handrail. The up was pretty good, but the going down was scary. I was thinking that that could be a big splat if I did that, so I, I will use a handrail. And I, I said, you know, there's just, well, I hadn't really told y'all, but about a year ago, nine months ago, I was diagnosed with neuropathy, and so it's progressively getting worse, and uh, no feeling, no, it's numbness above my knee. It started below my knee, but now it's above my knee, but there's numbness, and that's why I have to sit down from time to time, And I have to use handrail. And so I told Aaron about, I said, you know, my sister has a saying and I was telling him, I said, you know, I just, I was feeling my feet last night. And I said, there's no, there's no feeling. It's like a, it's like a a stump. And he said, remember, it could be worse. It could be a stump. And I said, boy, that's encouraging. Praise God. That, That, I mean, but it, but it could be worse. So folks. Let's focus on what God... So here are three quick things and just to kind of encourage and end up tie this together and hopefully that you get the heart of this. I've been so encouraged this week by your comments, by the servants, the people that are just so willing to serve. Number one, no matter what we face, and I mean that completely, literally, no matter what we face we can trust God in his faithfulness it doesn't matter i remember one time i was preaching at brother skip smith's church in desena city and i preached a similar thought that that god whatever it is god has given his divine permission whatever it is and so that next few days i was mowing the lawn there where we were renting, in the, it was like two acres. We, I was mowing on a, an old, old Sears riding lawnmower. It had just a metal seat, no pad, just metal, rusty metal. And so they had a storm cellar, and I was trying to drive the riding lawnmower as high as I could on the hill to keep from having to use the push mower up there. So I kept, I'd go like this and then roll back. And I'd go like this and I'd roll back. And I'd go like this and I'd roll back. And when I, one time I got to the very edge of the top and it flipped and I'm on that thing and I'm looking over my shoulder and I we end up with that riding lawnmower on top of me and the rusty seat started a path from my shin to my knee splintered a piece of bone that went into my knee joint and it was rust and dirt and grass all in that open wound i was filling my shoe with blood i was trying to get linda's attention but they were playing the piano inside and i'm dragging my body you know dragging trying to get there and just bleeding profusely and and they couldn't hear because the piano Finally, so they got me in a car, took me to the hospital, and they had to scrub that thing out, and that's fun. And uh, with you wide awake. And so they did surgery, and I was in the hospital. This was back in the day when they kept you in the hospital for more, you know, longer periods of time. So I was in the hospital methods for eight days fighting infection and, uh, and IVs, and, you know, and they were going to put an IV in my neck and all this stuff, and, you know... Uh, had a terrible headache and someone from that church sent a card said just and this was not they were being just as serious as they could just remember brother rod that whatever comes into our life has come into our life with God's divine permission I looked at that card and I I didn't tear it up I said thank you lord for the reminder <laughs> That this has come with divine permission. Whatever it is that you're facing. And have face or will face. You can trust. Not in your strength. Not in your intelligence. We, I've, I've known some very intelligent people in this church. But it's trusting in him. And another thing that we've discussed. Second thing. As we think about our struggles and our trials, just remember the Christian life is not about you, but it's all about him. It's not about you, but it's all about him. And number three, just don't trust in yourself. Don't wait for God to have to pull the rug out from under you. The scripture is very clear. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. Just like examine yourselves. We're going to have the Lord suffer. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You see, that's a a place of dependency. It's a place of submission. It's a place of, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. No matter what comes my way, I trust you. And I believe you with all of my heart. So we're going to have our invitation and I'm going to ask you to respond not to me because it's not, it's not about me. It's not about the messenger. As you've heard in the past we're just signpost trying to point you to the Lord. So we're going to sing and we're going to respond because some of you have gone through some very, very hard things. And it's, it would just be right to acknowledge God, no matter what, no matter how difficult the circumstance, I do trust you completely. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the word of encouragement that so many have given us this week their own testimonies of their lives, or struggles, what they've gone through. And I just pray, Father, that you in a special way would do a great work in our hearts, that we would say yes to you and not look around the room and think about what others might think or what others are thinking or what is just really between me and you right now. I pray that you would accomplish your work and your will and help us to be the church, the Christians, the believers, the families that you have designed from the very foundation of the world. Your heart is to see Jesus Christ exalted and lifted up and his name proclaimed because people are dying all around us and spending eternity in a fiery hell with no hope. And I pray that today that you would encourage us, help us to be that living epistle, help us to be that uh, the light shining on a hill, help us to be salt and light, to encourage others and help them to see Jesus Christ in us as we respond to whatever it is that you allow to come our way, we respond to you because we can trust in you.